0: football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. at cbsi.com. Here
1: we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
2: Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, we did a 14-team mock draft the other day, and, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. You know, it's not easy to have an all-star team in a 14-team league if you're playing against uh, some, some good fantasy competitors we welcome you to the show fantasy football today on Thursday May 23rd Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg yeah they're challenging we do a 14 team podcast league uh, every year do you think there's any differences that's always PPR this was non PPR do you think one format is more challenging than the other with when it comes to 14 teams
0: no I think you know once you get past 12 teams it, it's it's hard to have an all-star team like you said um, it, it's PPR, non-PPR, you know, you're always going to find some area of question. And it's just a matter of how comfortable do you feel with that area of question?
1: I feel like you're, you're leaving points off the table in non-PPR. What do you mean? Because, it, well, catches count. So it makes every player more valuable, but it makes the receivers deeper. Right. You can find more running backs that you'll feel okay starting in PPR than non-PPR. I think that you could feel a little bit better about the depth in PPR.
2: Sure, like a Jalen Rashard, last year's version of Jalen Rashard was pretty useless in non-PPR, but in a 14-team league, someone that you could have actually been starting in PPR. Should have been starting. I was starting him in, in our podcast yeah. league, yeah. So, okay, we'll talk about that draft. I want to react to a comment that Jamie made on Tuesday's show and get into a fake argument about it. Uh, and and read some emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com like this email. This is from Trevor from just outside Kevin Durant's hometown.
1: He's Maryland. from DC, right? Uh seat Pleasant, Maryland.
2: Oh, okay. Dear Al Sean Quinn and Jonas. Sean Quinn Jonas. Jonas. Brothers? <laughs> no idea. Jonas Gray? I have no idea. Uh, following reports of arthritis in his knee and the Rams drafting Daryl Henderson, Todd Gurley's dynasty Sox theme- stock seems to be taking a nosedive.
0: His socks also. Awesome.
2: His socks, yeah. He's, he's, he's a no sock guy. Will it reach the point where Gurley actually becomes a strong value in a trade? We haven't had our rookie draft yet, and I was thinking about offering either Sony Michelle or Aaron Jones and a mid-first-round pick for Todd Gurley. I
0: mean, it, it, it's such an unknown that it's it's hard to say you could be getting a steal and getting Todd Gurley for those guys, or you could be getting completely ripped off. I mean, that's just the range of spectrum, unfortunately. I, I'm a Gurley owner in a dynasty league, and this I was looking at my team because uh, we're uh, the rookie draft is coming up this week, so I was looking at my team, and two years ago, it was a startup dynasty league. This shows you why you don't invest heavily in running backs in dynasty. Two years ago... My team was made, and I had the highest-scoring team. I ended up losing the playoffs because of some injuries. Highest-scoring team because I had Todd Gurley and Jordan Howard. Hmm. Now think about the dynasty value of those two guys. Two years, two years later, Jordan yeah. Howard is basically in the tank, slightly right. above it. But it was, Gurley- fun.
2: it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> it was great
0: while it lasted, but this again, this is the short term value of running backs in dynasty. So I, I'm like I'm picking eighth, and I'm trying to make trade offers to get another pick in the back half of the first round, because I want to take Daryl Henderson to sort of just lock up that backfield, because I don't want to give up Todd Gurley for nothing. But at the same time, I don't want to. I I need receiver help. It's a five receiver league, so I need to start. I need to find some of these young receivers to build up my team in that
1: regard. What's your first round pick in that league? Do you know eighth. where it is? So if someone came to you with Sony Michelle. And the fourth pick in the draft, No, for Gurley, would you give it up? No. I don't think I would either. I, I think you're you're riding it out with Gurley, and if anything, you, you try and get Henderson on your team as well. Or just another good running back for your bench.
2: Yeah. I also had a startup dynasty last year. I drafted Todd Gurley first overall and lost in the finals. I had Gurley and Melvin Gordon. Uh, I did – yeah. I. I tr- what had happened? I traded – no, I d- – Okay, I, I'm sorry. I don't remember. I think I had, like, the fifth pick. Yeah, I had the fifth pick. I traded up to one. I took Gurley, and then I was able to get Gordon in the second round. Um, anyway, yeah, it's tough. And, and you know, I, I was pretty happy because I also have Malcolm Brown, <laughs> and I, he's pretty useless now. So Oh, I don't know about that. You don't think so? For, for this year, it, I, I mean, look, it should be
0: Daryl Henderson, but you know how sometimes coaches get. Like, a, a year ago, we were saying, oh, wow, John Kelly. He's going to be the backup to Todd Gurley. Yeah. And then it was Malcolm Brown until he got hurt, and then obviously C.J. Anderson was a star.
2: Right. All right. So I brought this email up because we had like three different people in the last week email us asking about a Todd Gurley trade in a Dynasty League. So it is really interesting. So I guess if, if you
0: were- – Again, not to cut you off. If you want to get out of it now before – because it could be worse. It be worse. You know, he, he could be
1: if he doesn't participate in training camp,
0: he he could be short term IR. I mean, you know, who knows what what the outcome could be? I, I, I'm i just painting a, the most negative picture. I mean, he may never play again. You know, who knows? I, again, I don't think that's the case, but we just we don't know You know, how serious this is. Or he could be 100 percent fine and they're just making him rest. And, you know, come week one, he's a he's a superstar. Uh, but if you are concerned and you could still sell Todd Gurley high, like I've seen Todd Gurley in redraft leagues go as high as fifth overall still. Right. And I understand why.
2: Yeah. So in the draft we just did, 14-team non-PPR. Do you know where he went? Eight. Or uh, no, 12. 12. Okay. Yep, there he is. All right. So that's Todd Gurley talk. We I'll read the other trade offers at the end of the show at fantasyfootballatcbsi.com. I want to go back to the conversation we had on Tuesday's show. We were talking about under-the-radar rookies. And, Jamie, I believe you said you would take Baltimore's Justice Hill over Buffalo's Devin Singletary. Yes. Seasonal
0: leagues, would you do that? Yes. Not dynasty, seasonal. Right.
2: Yeah, so I think that just sort of brings up an interesting philosophical question about drafting running backs. Tell me why you would take Justice Hill over Devin Singletary.
0: For 2019, I think he has a clearer path to playing time.
2: Yes. Dave, what about you? Would you take Hill over Singletary?
1: I think, yes, I would in in redraft leagues because I think he's going to get around 10 touches per game, and we just don't know how much work Singletary will get, certainly in the first half of the year, they got, LaShawn McCoy is still there, Gore signed up there, TJ Yeldon signed up there. If all three of those veterans still make the roster for week one, then where where does Singletary fit in? Because I don't really see a scenario where he's going to get 10 to 15 touches in a game, and those other established guys don't get on the field nearly as much. But you can lay out that by 2020, maybe even the last four games of this 2019 season, Singletary will get in there. Bills are going nowhere. They want to let this rookie get some experience. Then he'll play.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what kind of a player LeSean McCoy is anymore. The offensive line was so bad for them last year. But, you know, I don't put much stock into Frank Gore or Yeldon, really. I I think the philosophical question is, yeah, Justice Hill makes sense. Like, if if Ingram's healthy, if McCoy is healthy, like— Justice Hill makes sense over Singletary because he has a bigger role, but he, he might not do much with it. And he's also really small. So if Ingram does go down, I don't know that he becomes a feature back. Nope. Whereas I, you know, whereas I think Devin Singletary has an easier path to getting a ton of work, scoring the touchdowns, and being a much more valuable player.
0: I could just see a scenario, though, with just how Baltimore wants to operate, that if their offensive line works and Lamar Jackson stays healthy, Justice Hill can have significantly more fantasy value as a rookie
1: than Singletary.
2: Uh, I think that's the most likely thing. Yeah. But I I think who has more upside?
1: It's also, who are you willing to carry on your bench for the first three or four weeks of the year? Well, I'm not ruling but I out. But think, I think with Singletary,
0: you have to probably carry him without using him for maybe the entire year. Hill, I think you can get some flex play out of him, even with Ingram healthy. Or, I, again, you gave out the numbers, Adam, what Kenneth Dixon did in that secondary role. Now, that's not to say that Dixon yeah. still is in the secondary role, because he could be. But if if you just look at, I think, how skill set works... And kind of change of pace, et cetera, Getting Justice Hill in tandem with Mark Ingram makes this team a lot more explosive.
1: I would rather start the season with Hill on my roster, just to see how he's used in those first three or four weeks. And if he's if he ends up not playing at all, then I'm probably going to end up cutting him for somebody else who I'm going to speculate on.
2: My fear with I don't, I don't think Singletary is
1: going to play much to begin the year.
2: My fear with Justice Hill is that he's going to be I, I I've used this phrase before too too good to cut but not good enough to start uh, that there's fantasy. No man's land. I hate that. So that was the philosophy I wanted to bring up the, the justice Hill. Maybe he's in that Tevin Coleman area where like he'll have some good weeks. You never know when it's going to be, you know, a Coleman with a healthy Devonte Freeman, whereas Singletary could just outright win the job at some point and have a ton of upside. December. No, I, why, why not week one? Why not week 1? Like the Bills are serious. The Bills are they're not rebuilding anymore. I mean they they are, but they're going to they're going to go for it, right? I mean they're feeling pretty good about their team. They I mean they're going to
1: go for it until they they realize that they can't. But
2: but he's the, he's the future for them. Like why yeah. waste time on all these old dudes?
1: There there is a tendency in this league to uh, unwrap the future a little sooner than you expect to. And maybe that ends up happening in Buffalo. I I let's see who's healthy. Among this backfield. Listen, McCoy and Gore, are 32 plus, they're 66 years old combined. TJ Eldon's significantly younger than that, but he's not a, a complete back by any stretch. Who knows if he even makes the team, there are a million variables that could go in Singletary's favor, but if, if the bills have their druthers and they've got a healthy LaShawn McCoy, I'm pretty sure they're going to give him the first opportunity.
2: Okay, I just need to clarify one thing because I call Justice Hill small and he is. But Devin he's Singletary thin. Devin Singletary is five foot seven. But he actually weighs but he's Yeah, but he weighs more yeah. than Justice Hill.
1: Have you watched him play Adam?
2: No. But I imagine he's like natron take, means. <laughs>
1: take ten minutes, go on YouTube. Find one of his I,
2: games I did. against
1: anybody, and he's he's a lot of fun to
2: watch. I, I did that, I think, when we had Ryan Wilson in studio, and I, I watched running back highlights that morning. And that's actually when I fell in love with Justice Hill, because he is super fast. Okay, uh, we are get to the draft right now. Minnesota and Kyle Rudolph are working on a five-year deal. Uh, not a lot of news. It would have been cool if he had been traded to the Patriots. Tampa Bay signed a Dominican sue. But let's talk about this 14-team non-PPR draft. And... Looking at the draft results, the first thing that really jumped out to me is Travis Kelsey going 10th overall, going after a bunch of running backs plus DeAndre Hopkins, one pick before Devontae Adams. So the first 10 picks were eight running backs. Again, this is non-PPR. One wide receiver and Travis Kelsey. So I went I – There were two wide receivers, Adam. Who did I miss? Oh, Julio. Julio went ninth. Right? Sorry. Okay. So seven running backs – Hopkins, Julio, by the way, Devontae Adams should definitely go ahead of Julio Jones, right? Non-PPR? Nah,
0: I like Julio. In all formats.
2: Nah, I don't go the other way. I mean, touchdowns are obviously... uh, Make the case, Dave, for Julio over Devontae Adams.
1: I don't think that Devontae Adams will be the one-man show that he was last year. I think he'll still clearly lead the Packers in targets, catches, yards, and touchdowns. But I think Julio Jones has a chance to really erupt this year. He's going to he have more He always does. But, but, he's going to have more catches. I think he's more reliable. I will take Julio ahead of Devontae Adams.
2: Well, he, he will most likely have more catches, but Adams had 111 last year. Uh, it's just the touchdowns. Like I know Devontae Adams is getting... Devontae Adams, to me, true or false, not to me. Devontae Adams, true or false, is the safest bet for double-digit receiving touchdowns in the NFL. True. Dave.
1: Yeah, um, I'm I'm weighing it against DeAndre Hopkins.
2: Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, Julio Jones goes ninth. Travis Kelsey goes tenth. How valuable is Travis Kelsey, guys? I'll let you uh, take the lead here.
1: It's kind of a duh statement. Of course, he's valuable. Well, how but valuable? Got, tenth uh, overall. Is he tenth overall valuable? So I would think about it like this. This is a 14 team league. So there's already significant position scarcity among tight ends in a 10 team league, much less a 12 team league, much less a 14 team league. So, uh, Jeremy Bates is the one who, who drafted him and he knew that he had an early second round pick. So he probably realized I want to get the best tight end in fantasy and I'll deal with whatever's available in round two, just to have the privilege of having him on my team because he must've assumed that he wouldn't make it back to him in round two, which is probably correct. Yeah. I don't think Travis Kelsey is going to be a, uh, you know, eighteenth, nineteenth overall player, on a consistent basis. You'll see a draft here and there where he slides that fall that far, but I think he uh, he's worth it. If you really have to have that tight end, then this is what you have to do, in uh, in late round one. Put it
0: this way, he took Joe Mixon in round two. Would anybody be arguing if he had Joe Mixon and Travis Kelsey in different order? <laughs>
2: I was thinking the exact same thing. No, that's awesome. Um, the next two picks, or really, Nixon Mixon may have been a gift.
1: Uh, well, I let's would say, say that. yeah, kind of was. It, let's got, say
0: Dalvin Cook, who's closer in that range. Cook yeah. went ahead of Mixon, or I don't know. Uh, even if it's a receiver.
2: Well, the so receiver Mike would Evan. have been Mike, Mike Evans. Mike Evans went
1: at twentieth.
2: Okay, so the scenarios are. Would you rather have Kelsey and Cook, or Devonte Adams and Ertz? Ertz. I think I'd rather have Kelsey and Cook. By you, or Mixon? I mean, the way it worked out,
1: I'd rather have. I'd much rather have Mixon and Kelsey than Mixon and Cook, or uh, Kelsey and Cook. And I would take Adams and Ertz over Cook and Kelsey. Because I'm not going crazy for Dalvin Cook.
2: Okay. I, I tried to sort of calculate Travis Kelsey's value. Because I've I mentioned, this, mentioned this before. He was um, a top nine. I think he was number, eight in number nine in non-PPR, number eight in PPR if you look at Kelsey and compare him to wide receivers last year. Um, I did a lot of work last night. And then I had to th- throw it out because I did it wrong. So I tr- oh. I tr- it, was, it was like 45 minutes of, of math. Uh, I tried to do it again this morning. I looked at the average fantasy points for tight end one, two, three, four, and five over the last five seasons. Uh, but I had to amend it to the last three seasons. And then I tried to compare that to wide receivers five, 10, 15, 20, and 25. And what I found was wide receiver five typically outscores tight end one by a a pretty significant amount. However, so so tight end one is typically in the more closer to the range of, of wide receiver 10. So you could argue, well, that's where the number one tight end should be drafted. And tight end five and wide receiver 25 were pretty comparable. So if you have a pick and you're looking at like the number five wide receiver or Travis Kelsey... Based on the math over the last three years, it makes more sense from fantasy point perspective to take the number five wide receiver and then the number five tight end compared to the number one tight end and the number 25 wide receiver who would go in about the same range. At least they did in this draft. Does that make sense? There's a lot of numbers there, I know. Want me to say it again?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Can you summarize that?
2: Yeah. So, so tight end one over the last three years has performed kind of like wide receiver ten. Okay, very similar in fantasy point total.
1: So, to me, it comes down to just wanting to lock up that position, which is what I started this whole conversation with.
2: Right, and I'm only comparing tight ends and wide receivers here. Yeah, so, and the other Jeremy part,
1: Jeremy clearly did not want to. Either he's predicting an even bigger year for Travis Kelsey by taking him here, or he wants to have that advantage in his lineup by having a stud, super stud tight end on his team. It's as simple as that. And it, it, it's smart because he realizes he's going to get another good player in round two. He's not reaching for Kelsey at third overall here. He's taking him at 10. He knows that someone will make it back to him. He was probably elated to have Joe Mixon fall into his lap in round
2: two. The other aspect that, of this. That's really
1: the, the long and the short of
2: it. Yeah, yeah. The other aspect of this, though, was, was you know, what's better? Tight end in round in round one or early round two and wide and you know get a wide receiver sure. in round five or the opposite. And based on the numbers, the opposite has been better. Taking a elite wide receiver, like the number five wide receiver, and then the number five tight end five four or five rounds later, based on numbers, has been better in terms of fantasy points than say Kelsey and I'll give you a name. And uh, Tyler Lockett or DJ Moore. Kelsey and Moore would not have been as good as, like, in this draft, Evan Ingram and Odell Beckham, uh, if that makes sense, based on – History. Now, that's not that's not looking at uh, ADP. That's looking at final results. And I probably confused everyone. So we will move on. I'm sorry. I th- I, th- I think maybe if you listen carefully, you might have gotten something useful out of that. That should have been better. So, how do you avoid that big hole on your roster, Jamie, that you talked about, where pretty much every team has some something wrong with it? It's not really avoiding it. It's feeling comfortable
0: with it. You know. So, like I I've, I looked at three teams in writing the recap. Uh, mostly just based on our analysts. So like Dave's hole is at his number two running back spot. Um, and you have to, you know, just feel comfortable enough. And I'll let you break down the teams when we get to it. But his number two running back spot, you have to feel comfortable enough that you're winning at the majority of the other spots, which, you know, certainly Dave can make the argument for uh, Heath. I believe his hole is that it's not necessarily both his receivers, but he just has, you know, guys that aren't necessarily considered to be top 15 options at his on his team for me it was uh, I, I kind of was like okay I'm, I'm gonna take my chances at quarterback and tight end and so that was kind of my direction with with my team let me get as much talent as I can at running back and receiver and just kind of you know play with those two spots you know hopefully it's not both but but uh you know if that's the case that that's what's gonna happen so I, I kind of had a conscious effort in doing it I don't know if, if Dave and Heath did um and then you know like looking at your team Adam it was uh your your flex spot. You know, and right. just a, a, again, a matter of is this a position that you can get by with for a couple of weeks or at some point in the season just hope to fill and that everybody else is, is great? It's just the nature of playing in a deeper league. You're going to have holes and it's okay. how you fill those
2: holes. So I actually think I'm less likely to take, and I did it in this draft and, and now, I, now I feel even more confident saying it. In a 14 team league, I think I'm less likely to take one of the elite tight ends. Because I I feel like I have Zach Ertz, right? I have Cam Newton, Le'Veon, David Montgomery, Diggs, Tyler Boyd, Zach Ertz. My flex is Ronald Jones. I don't even feel great about David Montgomery. Now, I also drafted Mike Davis. But if one of those guys has the job, then I feel good about it. But if if they're splitting with Tariq Cohen, then I might have a, a really bad running back situation.
1: You might have two holes in your lineup.
2: Yeah, flex and RB2. So I I think that you know if I were going to do this again, I probably would have taken a running back instead of, or or a wide receiver instead of Zach Ertz. I actually think that in a deeper league where more teams are bad at tight end, it's easier to get away with being bad at tight end.
1: And I think the opposite. I think it's to your advantage to have a great tight end, one who can put up points like a wide receiver in that spot. Because it's easier to find a receiver who could contribute to your team on a fairly consistent basis than it would be for a tight end to perform like a top 12 receiver. There might be one tight end a year that you can find off waivers that ends up being super.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. Actually, we have this debate in in baseball too. Is it more valuable to have – Gary Sanchez or JT Real Muto in a shallower one-catcher league or a deeper two-catcher league. And Scott and I feel like the answer is in the shallower leagues because position scarcity, we feel like it matters more in shallower leagues where you can really make an impact at every position. And, yeah. and Chris and Heath, but no, this, is what, this is the opposite of what you're saying. Chris and Heath would be like on your team, like in the deeper leagues, it's better to have Gary Sanchez and Real because because so many teams have terrible catchers. But I feel like you can get away with bad players in deeper leagues more, more so than in shallower leagues. Does that make sense? Have I made sense at all today?
1: <laughs> it makes it makes sense. Um and I, I think you've got valid arguments on both sides. Yeah, me too. I, I you know what? I think it's great to have a, a strong tight end no matter how many teams are in your league. <laughs> yeah, you know, but how it's how, tough. Do, how do you like that? No, I just I, want I, to have a great player is. at tight end to make my team different from
2: most of the other teams in the league. But, but in a 10 team league like, like aren't you more likely to draft the elite player at each position
1: sure there's more elite players available
2: but not a you, tight end that
1: you can put on your roster
2: well because it's a shallow yeah but but this just, there you you have a competitive advantage either way yeah
1: for having one of those top three tight ends four if you really like Evan Ingram yeah you have I just think it's 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 turning a weakness for nine of your opponents or eight of your opponents into a strength for you. But when by you, having that position, but that, that's why I took George Kittle in round two. Right, Didn't but when you at
2: all. But, and when and okay, so then let's break down your roster because when you do make this decision in a deeper league to take a tight end early, it's a it's at a it's at a higher cost than in a shallower league. It because because you're going to be weaker at a position. There's just at running back or wide
1: receiver. But you, you you should know that going into your deeper league draft that you're going to be weak and in at least one spot.
2: Right. And That's are you okay with the that? The goal
1: is to make it so that you're weak at one spot. In a perfect world, you wouldn't be weak at any spot, but you don't want to be weak at two or three spots.
2: So your team I actually love, except your RB2 is is yeah. rough. but I've, I've got some regrets. Okay, well, but, I, I think it's great. So you have Matt Ryan... Aaron Jones, I'm gonna just save RB two for last. DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, George Kittle, Cooper Cup at flex. RB two, you have Ito Smith with Reichwell Armstead. That's Jacksonville's rookie, Minnesota rookie, Alexander Madison, Jamal Williams. Yeah, so I mean it's, it's, it's a it's who's, who's
1: who of fantasy <laughs> running back studs. What when you, you think? get to Reichwell Armstead, really the conversation's over. Yeah. <laughs> So the mistake I made was passing on Tevin Coleman. That's what it's come down to. So I'm up at 51st overall, and Calvin Ridley is one of my crushes, and I really want to get him on my team. And he's looking me square in the face, and I only have Aaron Jones, George Kittle, DeAndre Hopkins on my squad. And in a non-PPR, I should have gone Tevin Coleman there. Because then I would have had that RB2 spot locked up. And what I realized is if I'm going to have a weak spot on my 14-team roster, it should probably either be a quarterback where I can wait on the position or it should be a wide receiver where I know I can use waivers to my advantage during the year to try and cultivate someone to fill that spot. And when I say wide receiver, that could also mean flex. So I shouldn't have taken Calvin Ridley there. I should have taken Tevin Coleman. I, I just didn't feel like Tevin Coleman was necessarily worth it until I got to round seven, I think it was. And I'm looking at the running backs that are left and Ito Smith is the best one. And that's where I went. Holy crap. I should have taken Tevin Coleman. And then I should have taken Matt Ryan in round six. There was a, there was a weird quarterback dynamic that happened in this draft. Um, I don't know if I can go on this tangent, go. but, uh, Jeremy, the same guy that took Travis Kelsey in round one, took Baker Baker Mayfield, 75th overall, with Luck, Rogers, and Matt Ryan, and Cam Newton, and all the other quarterbacks still on the board. I believe Baker was the number two quarterback taken in the draft. And when people saw that, and this happened four spots in front of me, I think everybody, like the light bulb went off going oh, wow, well, if Baker's gone, I've got to go and get my quarterback now, too. So I was hoping Andrew Luck would follow me, and I wouldn't complain about taking Andrew Luck in round six in any draft. But Luck went the very next pick. Aaron Rodgers went two picks later, and I wanted to collect a great great quarterback, so I took Matt Ryan. I probably should have gone receiver there. Guys that were left were guys like Will Fuller. uh, Geronimo was still there. Although, oh, Dante Pettis was still there. And I like Dante Pettis. So I could have taken Pettis there, and now my lineup looks drastically different. My quarterback would be – it would probably be a combo of Kyler Murray and Carson Wentz, something like that. But I, I would have had a much more solid lineup, but not necessarily spectacular lineup.
2: Yeah, I got to say, if you want to feel comfortable with your team in a 14-team league, quarterback is the obvious place to wait. I just can't see myself taking one early. I took uh, Cam Newton in round eight. And, Jamie, what did you do at quarterback?
0: I was the last one to take a starter, and it was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it was round 11 it's or best, 13. It's the
2: best pick of the draft. Uh, round 12. Best pick Late pick. round 12. You just got the MVP. Uh, you, yeah, you took Jimmy Garoppolo a spot behind Kenneth
1: Dixon.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Uh, now, you, the, the quarterbacks you, you mentioned um, in Wentz and in Murray, they went at the 11-12 turn. Uh, that was from Andrew Balmer. He was actually the second-to-last owner to take a quarterback. I was hoping for one of those two guys to fall to me. That didn't happen. So Garoppolo... Yeah, uh, that's
1: a, that's he, a pretty good consolation. He, he's
0: in my top 15, so I'm I'm okay with it. Um, you know, the fact that 14 quarterbacks went in front of him. So it's the best I could
2: do. Okay, so Dave, you have Ido Smith as your RB2. What I think you should do is trade Calvin Ridley and I have no idea. You should trade for Devontae Freeman.
1: What if I think that Ido Smith could be the better value?
2: I don't care about value. He's like, he's like I'm. I know the that Devontae
1: Freeman has had a hard time staying healthy for the last two seasons. Well, get them both. But I'm. Also, I think you, I, I, In a perfect world, in, in a regular draft, I'm drafting Edo Smith to be my third or fourth running
2: back. Didn't you beat, league, did you hear what Matt I had to go
1: higher. I know. Hear I know. I know said, what Matt said
2: Kadri Allison.
1: Yeah. And so, what could end up happening is that by the time we're drafting in August, if Allison ends up being that number two guy, then it's him we're drafting, and Edo you know, Smith gets kicked to the curb.
2: I don't believe Allison was picked in this draft. Should have been by you. You have all those running backs. Okay, we are going to take a break here. We'll talk about Jamie's team when we come back and some more 14-team strategies and thoughts on the draft. And I'll see if I can come up with uh, extremely confusing statistics for you. Be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived.
0: I mean, like I said, it was kind of a conscious effort to wait on quarterback for sure, and I was going to see how the tight end board played out. Um, It was was a choice to pass on Evan Ingram, who I've taken almost in every draft in the uh, 4-5 or swing. So I had two shots at him after, uh, I think those are the first three. The first three tight ends were off the board, so Eric Ebron went after I picked in round four where I took Miles Sanders. And then I thought, when I picked Sanders, I thought, should I take Ingram? I'm like, no, r- running back you know, depth is going to get a little bit of a problem. Um, then I thought maybe around five. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to play this out and just kind of let it go and see how it all works out. So that was uh, you know, two spots where I could have holes. But like I said, I feel like I have good depth at running back and good depth at receiver. And, and I'm, I'm comfortable with how this roster was built.
2: Jimmy Garoppolo, Alvin Kamara, Miles Sanders at running back. Amari Cooper and A.J. Green, at wide receiver. Austin Hooper at tight end. Tevin Coleman at running back flex. On the bench, Matt Breida to go along with Tevin Coleman. Justice Hill, LeSean McCoy, Will Fuller, Deshaun Hamilton, and Debo Samuel. So, yeah, it's weak at tight end with Hooper, but I can't, like, I...
0: I, I mean, potentially. He was he was a top-ten guy last year. You know, so... Yeah, I think it was if, six. If, if he goes from six to, to 12... I don't, I don't love it, but it's not going to crush my roster.
2: I don't even know if you're weak at, at quarterback. The last guy to take a quarterback is Garoppolo. Every time I talk about Garoppolo, I'm going to blush. So maybe you have to talk me down from that.
0: Well, it is. That's why you're wearing red, sir. That's
2: <laughs> right. Did you know that when you're trying to sell your house, you're supposed to put red somewhere, like to make it pop, make the room pop, like a red blanket or a pillow or something?
0: Are you moving already?
2: I was le- looking to move, but no, I'm not going to move. But yeah. Red. You don't even have to be selling your house. You want to make it pop. Put some red somewhere. Okay. More thoughts on this draft. <laughs> Any? B- <laughs> that's the that's the clearest thing I've said the entire show.
1: Hashtag Azer decorative. <laughs> yes.
2: I have. I will say this: we did we did the draft uh,
0: before the news of Chris Carson with his knee surgery, before the news of Matt Breida with the torn pectoral. Um, both guys are expected to be fine for the start of camp. Um so I probably would have taken Brita in the same range.
1: Okay. also it's a good idea when you're selling your house to light a match in the bathroom <laughs> before people start coming in to see the place. Yeah. Just you know
2: why. Once I figured out that lighting a match is about a thousand times more effective than air than air freshener. Yeah. It was a it was a game changer, for sure. So other pick Jamie, you wrote the recap. Were there other picks that really jumped out? At well, you I think, you teams? know, like his
0: team is is interesting also with what okay. he did. So he he went, you know, kind of the opposite of Dave in terms of going heavy at running back. And so his running backs are he picked fourth. He took McCaffrey, he took Fournette in round two, he took Philip Lindsay, I believe, in round three. And his starting receivers are Chris Godwin and Geronimo Allison.
2: So A- and wow, he has I Evan Ingram.
0: Both. Huh? And he has Evan Ingram. And he has Evan Ingram. So, you know, strong at running back strong at tight end. And those receivers have a ton of upside. But I think like what Dave was saying about Ito, you know, you'd rather have him as your third running back. You'd rather have Godwin as your two. Your two and Allison as your three. You know, and so, you know, Heath is gonna have to hope that those guys have the career seasons that, you know, I, I'm hoping they have for sure, but you know, certainly Heath is as well.
2: And I'm wondering if he should have drafted more wide receivers because his bench, his first three picks are running backs.
0: And the other two guys, <laughs> he's something bench guys are two Jaguars guys.
2: He's got Jay Ajayi, he's got Kenneth Dixon, Naeem Hines, and then two Jaguars wide receivers, Marquise Lee and D.D. Westbrook, which, you know, th- neither of them might be trustworthy in this format. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. You can wait on quarterback in this league. I, I'm not sure these two quarterbacks really do it for me. Ben Roethlisberger, and Lamar Jackson. like I, I, I like Lamar Jackson as my number two quarterback if I feel better about my number one. But I don't well, he's, really he's feel good about He's still in the Ben
0: Roethlisberger camp. Are you? Uh, I would prefer him to be the guy I wait for as opposed to the guy I target. So, I mean, you know, Pittsburgh led the NFL in pass temps last year. Yeah. So if that's the case again, Roethlisberger will end up being a, a number one quarterback. But... You know losing Antonio Browns is such a tough sell to say take him as your starter
1: he took him in round eight seems a seems uh but he likes a him little, though, you sure know. right, so you take him where you like him, but in my mind, I would have gone in a different direction. I would have taken Wentz. I would have taken Russell Wilson ahead of him,
0: yeah, but he again he likes him more than that yeah. i I think also one thing with leagues like this, and you know clearly where uh there's different levels of, of people drafting in this league. You know, the, the three of us, Heath, uh, you know, Chris Towers, Ben Gretsch. Um, we're, it's basically mid-season for us, you know, because sure, we're sure. looking at all these things. Uh, somebody like Jeremy, for example. Jeremy's one of our sales guys. He's the one that basically uh, shits Adam with everything that Adam has in his house.
2: Oh, yeah. He gets me um, my Indochino. I just got an Omaha Steaks package. By the way, go to omahasteaks.com, type in FBT in the search bar. You're going to get a 74% discount on an unbelievable package. Thank you, Jamie.
0: Right, so Adam says that, Jeremy gets some stakes. That's why Jeremy's in all of our drafts. <laughs> um, so, you know, Jeremy's a, a very astute fantasy player, but he's just not very, you know, dialed into it to the same level that we are. And, and the point I'm getting at is, when you're in a league like this, so, like, instead of he's taking a second quarterback, I, I guess it's a bad example because he likes Roethlisberger, but there there are guys, like, you could just take flyers on. Like, I, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to write a story next week about five completely off-the-radar receivers on, on teams that could play significant roles. And two, the reason I, I, I thought of this is I was watching uh, a Nick Foles highlight reel that the Jaguars sent out of Chris Conley catching passes. Who's to say he's not their best receiver this year? It's possible. The, and the other guy is Demarcus Robinson, who Sammy Watkins can't stay healthy and Mecole Hardman's a rookie. Robinson's probably going to end up starting for them. Like these are type of play, Like it goes back to the rookies we were talking about. Debo Samuel, somebody that should be drafted in this league, clearly. But twelve-team leagues, you know, you just if you have the freedom to just play with a roster spot, there are a lot of guys you can speculate on. And certainly, the deeper the league, it's easier to do. So, like, you don't necessarily need to take. Like, I know why Dave did, and, and Dave's, a, for example, of that you know, take Rock Armstead, take uh, Alexander Madison, take guys that you know may not play for you, but in, in an injury happens, they're stars because you have the the freedom to do the something. old lottery ticket.
2: Yeah. Right, philosophy. I actually think Jeremy did a really good job. <clears throat> Mayfield. Oh, Jeremy, No,
0: I I don't want to undersell Jeremy. No, Jeremy's he, he just ended up with as a fancy player. I'm just saying, like he's just not studying it to the same level that we are right
2: now. No, I, I I was just on a separate thought. He ended up with a good team. Mayfield at quarterback, Mixon and Jacobs at running back, Josh Jacobs at running back, uh, Mike, Kenny Galladay and Mike Williams at wide receiver. Look, if if the trends continue from last year, Mike Williams is going to be a lot better in non PPR than than in PPR. Uh, and this is non-PPR. Travis Kelsey at tight end. Golden Tate's his flex. That that could be a total dud. But that's the hole. That's the hole, and that's fine. I, having a bad flex. Deontay Foreman, he's got on his bench. His bench kind of stinks, and I think when you look at his bench, it's prob that's probably where you say Jeremy's not so dialed in right now. <clears throat> but actually, it's not that bad.
1: I think he did a I good actually, job. I actually think he's got a yeah. It's not that bad. I
2: don't know how big like
1: the weak link is going to be. Golden Tate in the flex. But he's got Deshaun Jackson on his bench. I like him. I think he'd be a good flex. Jalen Samuels sounds like he's going to have a little role each week for the Steelers. Deontay Foreman could be the Texans starting running back. Yeah, that could be a big one. Could be. Yeah.
0: There's just, I think the point would be to what Adam is saying. There's just not anybody that, if he needs to start someone week one, uh that you could say, I feel comfortable with him as my week one flex option.
1: Well, other than Golden Tate, who he'd just he just throw he, his he, hands up in the air and he, say, All right, I guess this is. Right. He just could be
0: the best receiver for the Giants. Right. Absolutely. He could I,
2: be I'm not, and, sure, and, and, I'm, I'm not sure in a non PPR, I wouldn't prefer Deshaun Jackson to Golden Tate. Uh, you could, but again, it's still a hole, no matter how yeah. you look at it. Like, yeah. you know,
0: your team's a good example because right now, Ronald Jones could be the best running back in Tampa Bay.
2: Oh, last thought on my team. So, I teammate, uh, friendship strategy. With Deontay Johnson and James Washington, two receivers for Pittsburgh. I loved it. Yeah, I think that that that's a good example of it. It, it maybe not in a shallower league, but maybe maybe it's not in a ten team league, but maybe twelve, but certainly fourteen team league. Taking both of these young Steelers wide receivers and hoping one emerges. I think and you that's got Washington. The, what round? That's a good question. Washington round nine. So
0: you got round nine, and then one of your last picks, or was it last pick? That was of what? Washington was round nine. Yeah and Deontay Johnson was round 14. Uh, Round 14. yes. Deontay. I mean that's perfect. Yeah.
2: Okay, great. so let's um, let's read some emails here. fantasy football at com. Oh, I have a food announcement I think you might be interested in. We'll let everybody know. You know I am. I'm, gonna, I, I'm pretty determined to make it happen this weekend. I'm ready to try an impossible burger. Have you had one yet? Yes. How are they?
1: I've had several from different companies. They're fine. They're fine. They oh. actually look like a burger, both like before you eat it and while you're eating it.
2: Oh, I'm disappointed. I was hoping they were like awesome.
1: <laughs> it, it's it's almost like anything else. If you put a bunch of crap on something, it's going <laughs> to taste like the stuff you put on it more so than true. Yeah you're you're going to taste the ketchup the mustard the onions the pickles.
2: Oh stop with the pickles and mustard but mostly the pickles disgusting. How
1: do you how do you have a burger without pickles and mustard?
2: How do you how do you have a burger without a slice of pineapple. That is what I want to know. It is the best topping I've ever had on a burger. It's a fairly recent revelation for me. I've spoken about it before. I need to speak about it more. It's amazing. Pineapple on a burger? Amazing. Yeah, I,
1: I, I've had pineapple on pizza on a number
2: of occasions. Also great. Still life. Yeah, it's what. Okay, here are some emails. I think I know what I'm going to have for lunch. <laughs> Jeff from Kansas City. I'm not sure I get this one. Dear, Ryan, on rye, Ryan, on rye on rye, and Ryan, 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 on rye on rye. On rye. What the hell is that?
0: It's kind of near where you live, right?
2: Yeah, there's a rye near me, but I don't think that's... Isn't there a place called Rye on Rye? Not that I know of. Dynasty Trade proposed to me. I give up Chris Godwin. I get Corey Davis and David Njoku.
1: Oh, I know what it is. The whole rye on rye thing? Yeah. It's uh, it's related to a brewery. These are names of beers. Heath would know that. In a second.
2: Okay, yes, he would. Uh, would you trade Chris Godwin for Corey Davis and David Njoku? He's pretty good at wide receiver. I mean, that, that's... Uh,
0: look, Corey Davis entering his third season, so is Godwin. You know, N- Njoku, if he does hit, that's uh, that's a position scarcity problem that you could solve. So, I think it's a fair trade. I, give it a C. I
2: think it comes down to Njoku. Because he does need a tight end.
0: Well, it's also how much you value Godwin. They're, you know people that expect him to blow up this year, but...
2: What happens if he it. doesn't?
0: Right, that's the thing. Then he's, y- he's Corey it's, Davis. It's over.
1: Whereas I think if Corey Davis has another bad year, or maybe even an, like another bad two years, another team will take a chance on him. Oh, so I don't also, think Chris Godwin's career is over. But the, the opportunity for him to be a fantasy stud, I think, mm-hmm. would take a huge hit. Whereas Corey Davis, I think, still has a little bit more potential in that regard. I'd love to see Corey Davis on a different team. So I'll, I'll take the Davis and Njoku
2: side. All right, this is from Stu. Dear Tyron, Zach, Travis, and Lyle. Lyle. How do you pronounce his first name? Lyle, Lyle. Collins. Lyle Collins. Yeah, Cowboys linemen. I'm curious to know if you've had any rookie drafts that are linear rather than snake format. I'm having trouble finding a place my league can host this type of draft. Everywhere seems to only offer snake rookie drafts.
0: I just picked his nose, by the way. No, um. it is
2: a, I, have a, I have a cold. You know my son is sick. I have a freaking cold now.
0: Your son's forcing you to pick your nose?
2: Like He gave me a cold. I got the sniffles.
0: Maybe it um, makes him laugh a little. Where You mean leagues that host it? You could do it on CBS. Of course. Yeah, we just did one uh, two weeks ago.
2: Yeah. Also, I think most fair... So I used to hate the non-snake rookie draft. I've come around on it a little bit. But I think what you should do is first two rounds, non-snake, and then beyond that, snake. What do you think?
1: Sure. Either linear or what you just said is fine.
2: Okay. Next email. John, who's in the back of Dave's favorite Chicago restaurant.
1: Ooh. So he's obviously in Chicago.
2: Yeah, but what restaurant? Giordano's. okay. Dear Rick, Dave, Randy, and Hunter. Those are wrestlers? They are. Okay, another Todd Todd Gurley trade in a dynasty league. Uh, This was someone else, I guess. Yeah, okay, it was in his league. He gave up Todd Gurley and pick 2.6 for 1.8 and 2.3.
1: Oh, God. That's somebody who just wants to get out of the Todd Gurley business. Yep. That's, that's terrible, right? Nearly, that. yeah, that's
2: horrible.
1: Unless
0: it's terrible for him.
2: Now, yeah. wait, real quick. It is a two-quarterback league, so could could a is it too early to take Kyler Murray at one eight? No,
1: He's not if, if you need the quarterback, He's right? Not be there. He might not be there.
2: So then, is this a better trade? Like, would Haskins be there? If you uh, need, I
1: wouldn't want to take Haskins. Yeah, be you're right. You're waiting for Haskins at two three in that case.
2: Okay. Now
1: you're keep, You're not trading Todd Gurley. For a mid one in a rookie draft and to move up three spots in round two, that you're you're giving them away. And okay.
0: then in a month from now, we're like, God, that guy should have traded Ty really Gurley for
2: that. <laughs> I, I hope it's not like that. Of course. I have a conference call in two minutes, so I have to read these these emails here. This is from Josh in Pennsylvania. I have Gurley and Malcolm Brown. I gave up Gurley and Malcolm Brown. I got James Conner and Matt Breida. And by oh, the that's way, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, yeah. He had he had the 10th pick in the rookie draft and Daryl Henderson went ninth. So you're okay with giving up Gurley and Brown for Connor and Brita? Yes. Okay. It's Malcolm Brown, by the way, not Antonio from Brandon. Would you rather have Trubisky and a three or Russell Wilson in a 12 team, two quarterback league?
0: Trubisky and a third round pick
2: just as a three. So I'm guessing that. Yeah.
0: Trubisky and a third or Russell Wilson and
1: what? In a 12 team, two quarterback league.
2: Like would you trade Russell Wilson for Trubisky? I'm assuming in a there's round keepers pick?
1: in this. Are there, is this a keeper league where I the third know. round pick is gonna if it's if it's a traditional league, I will gladly take Trubisky in a third round pick over Russell Wilson. Yeah. Agreed.
2: So I have a conference call now, it's about something very exciting that I hope to be able to tell our listeners about soon.
1: Ooh. So, sounds sounds uh, like quite a cliffhanger you're leaving us. That's
2: with. right. So hooray for that. More Thanks for more listening. free stuff for Adam. No, no, well, maybe more, maybe free stuff for the listeners. Who knows? Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll come back at you on Tuesday. Have a great three day weekend. Enjoy the holiday. Barbecue, Omaha Steaks.